Welcome to Couples Becoming Intentional. I'm Carrie. I am John. And here at Couples Becoming Intentional, we want to equip you with different tools and resources so that you can live intentional lives with those that you love to leave a legacy that lasts. Welcome to another episode of Couples Becoming Intentional. We are super excited about this specific conversation because one of the things that has been extremely impactful for John and I in our marriage, and we talk about this in episode four, how and why Americans fight and how to fight fairly, is the importance of asking good, clarifying questions, questions that spark curiosity. That's why we even do questions on this podcast from time to time, because we want to empower you with some really good questions to ask those in your life. So one direction that we're actually taking this in that has been very impactful for John and I has been how do we then translate asking questions in our spiritual walk with Jesus? What does that look like? So John's going to be talking a lot more about this today of using questions to support us to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I mean, even asking questions is part of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I just read a book that was given to me by my dad, I hope my unbelief by Barnabas Piper. It's uh, John Piper's son. And it was, I was surprised by it. It was a really good book. Barnabas Piper, he says that to have belief is to have, um, to ask questions because um, he goes on to say that like mental, that here, I'm going to read a, a paragraph from him because it's so good. Um, mental assent is not belief. It is part it is part of belief, but not the whole of it. What I knew know to be true about the Bible, God's grace, obedience, and repentance was mental assent, but it did not transform me. It influenced me, sure. It kept me in a realm of right and a neighborhood of Christ like. But I was not tra- transformed. Almost every church kid assents to the teachings of Scripture, both doctrinally and morally. But as I did, many harbor hidden sins rather than being shaped by their belief letting it fill all the voids and vacancies of life. It is belief that recognizes the and even expresses truth, but cares nothing for it. We like, we believe like de- demons believe. Ooh. Yeah. And he says that like, in order to have a transforming relationship, mm-hmm. it, it comes down to questions because we see this kids have easy, like to have faith, like kids, mm-hmm. kids have phenomenal faith. And you know how they, how you know that they have faith is that they trust enough their their parents mm-hmm. to ask questions mm-hmm. because they believe that they will have the answers. And so this is how we should approach our faith is that like we should ask good questions when we read the Bible, when we pray. And so I, um, this episode is really how do we ask those questions when we're approaching the Bible? How do we ask those questions like the, David does in the Psalms when we pray to God. I, it's even important to see that David has the audacity mm-hmm. to ask God, why? Mm-hmm. Why? He's like, why is it like this? Where Where are you, O Lord, with, with this injustice? And then by the end of these lament Psalms, where he's pouring himself out, you know what it says? He had faith and he believed. It is rooted in God's character. That it says, I know you are a God of justice. I know that your loving kindness, your chesed, as it were, um, is will will come to fruition. You will not give up on me. Mm-hmm. 
So I will not give up on you. That God, God is faithful. And you can always believe that because that is his character. He is the I am. And that is what faith comes down to. We can have, we may not understand his ways. We may not understand how this world is all so messed up. But when it comes down to it, we can believe that God is good and that he wants the best for us. Mm -hmm. And I think you bring up a really good point um, because we can look into the Psalms when David is kind of like laying it all out as vulnerable as can be, just crying out as to the, why did this happen? Why'd you do this? All these different questions of like, where's this coming from and what is the purpose of it essentially? And I think so often in the church, this is my experience, that instead of taking the time to actually be vulnerable and be raw and ask those questions of God, we will one, either run to somebody else to ask those same exact questions, or we don't ask it and we train ourselves to be like, but it's going to be okay, but it's going to be okay, but it's going to be okay. It's like, that is a band-aid over like what we're actually doing when Jesus is the remedy, Jesus is the medicine. And imagine like even for David, as you walk, like as you were just mapping out in the Psalms that he needed to go through this season or this series of questioning in order for him to actually see the faith and see his belief. Right. And that he, it's through his experiences that he realizes that God is still faithful to him. It is through his greatest screw up of, right. of Bathsheba mm-hmm. to see that like, you know what? Yes, I got punished mm-hmm. by God with his like next child being born, that the child that got conceived was born, died. But God was still faithful mm-hmm. that he said, I will still not take my name away from you. Mm-hmm. In sense, like God's name is also a substitute for God's character. I will not. I will not take my character away from you. I will not take my promises away from you. And those are the things that we can root root ourselves in. Um, because, yeah, like um, he says, like we Americans specifically, we love to take God's promises. Like, yes, and, but then we like take them and we like twist them to make some stuff that like, n- that's not what God's promise was about. Mm-hmm. Um, John, um, not John Piper, Barnabas Piper. He says that one of our greatest um let me go back. Um, simply put, the church is not comfortable in presenting an answer of we don't know. The church is where people expect to find answers. So in many cases, answers have been fabricated to appease the askers. We have followed the tra- tradition of Job's friends. They tied his suffering to the sin they assumed he had committed because there, that was a framework, a cause and effect they could not under- that they could understand. While we in the church may not commit the exact same error, we do make others. One of our greatest is the misuse of God's promises. We treat them as magic pills to make all the badness go away. We seek to claim them and apply them as we see fit. But they aren't our promises, they're God's. He will keep them for certain, but not for certain, but not in the same time frame we may want or with the application we feel we need. We have sought to come up with the nicely organized answers to questions that simply have no satisfactory answers, at least not to the average ask questioner. Just as people are unwilling to not have an answer, the church is unwilling to unwilling to not give one. That is 
extremely true because there's this sense of humility that comes with saying, you know, I don't know, let's find out together or let's dive into scripture together to figure out an answer that we feel like is the best. And it's easier, again, slapping on a bandaid onto things. It's so much easier to just come up with something that you've heard your whole life to just slap it on and say, well, this is what you should believe. Yeah, it's like almost like, oh, God has a plan. You may not yeah. understand what it is. and so But it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine because it's God. And God you mm-hmm. have to believe that God is good. And so um, whatever's going on in your life, it's going to turn out to be good because we misapply like that verse in Romans. It says that with all like, what is it? Um, right. That doesn't mean that God is the the main like person behind that saying like everything that you go through is from god Mm -hmm. i think there's a real possibility that what you're going through is from satan Mm -hmm. and so we shouldn't uh, automatically like say oh this like i don't understand god's plan maybe it isn't god's plan maybe that there is other forces in this world Mm -hmm. that are playing upon your life there is just as much sway in this world Mm -hmm. by the powers of darkness Mm -hmm. and because God wanted it to be like to be that way. Mm-hmm. And God, like that is how our faith is tested. Mm-hmm. And so like, don't automatically attribute something to God. Can God use that for good redemption? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because God is good. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean everything you go through is from God. Mm-hmm. And so like, that is my greatest, like every time it's like, ah, I don't know what's happening, but you know, God's plan is the best plan. And you're like, I always like cringe a little bit when I hear that because like there's, you don't know for sure. That could be just a bandaid that could be just like, and then I think that leads people to doubt because they're like, how is this divorce going to help me grow closer to God? And maybe it wasn't God. Maybe it was you being unhealthy because you never prioritized your marriage. And maybe it was Satan trying to destroy a good thing. And so like, or his legion of the powers of darkness, you can find redemption in a, in a divorce if you're willing to give it over to God. Yes. And that's like, that is the hardest part of belief mm-hmm. is not just attributing everything to God. It's saying that like, I don't know what's ha- what the heck is happening here. I don't know what's, what is, um, what this is all for. I know that there are powers against me, the world, the Satan, the, the lies that I even believe about myself. Like, yes, your flesh is just as much an enemy to yourself mm-hmm. that to your faith, the flesh in this, your sinful nature, mm-hmm. not your body is good. <laughs> we shouldn't ma- masticate it like the monks of old. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, like how can we take these, these, hurtful unavoidable not unavoidable some are avoidable but like some situations are unavoidable and you go through them and that tests your faith Mm -hmm. and that will make your faith grow because it's like our faith our belief our trust which are all from the same root word in the greek that will show us who we are it'll grow grow us into people that are stronger believers I think one of the the coolest things that we actually, I actually was learning recently is our pastor recently, um, his wife just passed away from cancer. So it's been very 
it's a very challenging season for us as staff and in his sermon this just last week and I mean coming off of um like six weeks ago his wife passed away so and already up on a pulpit is just that is God's grace he said never once are you on like the best kind of day everything is going swimmingly everything is going great it's the greatest day ever that you're like God I need a miracle <laughs> you're not because everything's going great. It is in the moments that you are at your weakest. And to hear him say that, because he has been at those lowest moments when like up and down of his wife going through this journey and all the different things that he was crying out for a miracle when he was at his lowest and being able to see God move in these different ways. And even because the outcome was not what anyone, any of us even anticipated, we know that even through this, that her life has been a testimony and that this has brought other people closer to Jesus. And like for his um, spiritual faith to be so transformed because of this is now such an example to everyone else in the congregation. Mm, absolutely. And I mean, that is a, a personal experience will teach better than pseudo applications of like, this is how you ought to live. This is how, this is how the Bible defines it because like, there's no, there's no umph to it behind that of like, obviously people will read the Bible. They will understand, okay, I need to live according to this book. But if there's no like personal experience behind it from a pastor, it, it lacks a little bit of something. And so if you can put a little bit of emotion behind like, Hey, Faith is hard. Faith needs faith. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And so if like with that emotion of presenting that to the church, like you're like, oh, right. It's not just hard for me. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's what people are scared of. Is that like people won't want to say like, oh, I, this faith thing is hard. How am I supposed to do this alone? which you shouldn't have to do it alone. Like God made a community, a community of believers for you to live this out with. And that is why you need to be in a church service and you need to be in a small group because there are things that you can do around an altar, around a stage that you can't do around a table, but there are things around a table that you can't do around a stage. Mic drop. There we go. Thank you, John Mark Gomer. Anyways, uh, shifting a little gear, so I'm going to move to a different book. It's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. It's a wonderful book. Um, We'll put it in the show notes just as well as help my unbelief. Um, So in this book, he's um, giving you how to interpret the Bible because the Bible is a story at at its root. It is a story about God. I think that's one mistake that people like to make is that like, they read the Bible and they want to say, what is it in it for me? Right. And I think there are, there are good ways of reading the Bible and there are bad ways of reading the Bible. I think jumping to the, to the how does this apply to my life too fast will m- miss out on the good nugget of truth, as Carrie likes to say. Um, I, I always giggle because it's so true. That nugget of truth that will just lead to um, – that will lead your you to a good – characteristic of God and then will be that much more applicable to yourself because I think that is the line right it's how does this how does this relate to God how what does this teach me about God 
And if we are supposed to be image bearers of Christ, of God, how does that apply to me? How do, how can I, how can I make that become a characteristic of myself? In Gordon Fee's book, um, he says the key to good exegesis, which is the, how do I pull out something from the Bible? And therefore, to a more intelligent reading of the Bible is to learn to read the text carefully and to ask the right questions of the text. To read or study the Bible intelligently demands careful reading, and that includes learning to ask the right questions of the text. That's really good. So in relation to this, what specific questions do are kind of like your go-to that you can really just tactfully give our audience to be able to ask when they're reading scripture? There are two basic kinds of questions. Oh my gosh, let's just keep reading. One should ask of every biblical passage. Look at this. Those that relate to context Mm -hmm. and those that relate to content. Mm. The questions of context are of two kinds, historical and literary. When you have a historical context, it's like what is happening during the time? What are... what was this written into Mm -hmm. like understanding understanding that the bible was written over a long period of time understanding that some of the last edifying like the editing was done during the exile Mm. and so understand how the exodus is israel's salvation moment that god came in rescued them from egypt and then the exile was them getting cast out of the land that mm-hmm. were, they were promised. And so like finding where you are in the Old Testament compared to those two major um, events events in Israel's history will, under, will allow you to understand more of like how is this author portraying Israel. And then the New Testament is always a lot easier, right? Because we have Jesus. We have um, direct commands to like how a believer should be right. post jesus so then Um, what does the so we have that's historical is that go along with the literary of like where it actually is yeah the literary is where it is among the story god's god's ultimate redemption plan of -hmm. jesus okay because everything leads to jesus even Mm -hmm. the old testament right so now that we have context the second like grouping of questions is now more content so where do you see some more like um jumping points for people when it comes to content or good questions to start with. Contact has to do content, content has to do with the meaning of words, the grammatical relationship, mm-hmm. and re- sentences. The choice of original text where the manuscripts have variant readings. Uh, for the most part, these are the questions of meaning that are or- ordinarily asked asks of the biblical text. So, really, when we look at content, we're looking at okay, Hebrew or Greek, Arabic, looking at original language looking at different commentaries and using different versions of the Bible to really get a good understanding of really what this is. Okay, so now that we have context and we have content, we have some good frames works for figuring out that. Where do you feel like some other questions could come in? Like oh, or some other questions yeah. beyond that? Uh, bef- before that, I think one beautiful tool that I have not mentioned yet, and I'm surprised I haven't, is um, the Bible Project. Mm-hmm. Because they give they give you theme videos for every single book of the Bible, and they give theme videos of different themes that occur in the Bible, and then it can be traced to Jesus. So, like when you're reading a section of the Bible, there will be something that is often repeated. Mm-hmm. 
So like the command, do not be afraid. We remember like that is said to Mary, that's said to Joseph, Mm -hmm. but it goes all the way back to Moses. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid or the positive be strong and courageous, right? Which is given to Moses, and then Moses, Mo- and then to Joshua, and then Moses gives to Joshua, mm-hmm. which is like that. That is the number one commanded, or number one command mm-hmm. that is given in the Bible, and so like we can trace it all the way back. And there's uh, many, many, many other themes uh, that I just love biblical themes. It brings me so much joy to like bring them out but that's not the point of this so go over there they have so many different theme videos that and ones that like apply directly to god's character Mm -hmm. going to exodus 32 6 and 7 where it says god is slow to anger god is um compassionate um not a jealous god not a jealous god but yeah and god's faithfulness which is like three major things the bible the displays anyways the your question was what was your question? The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. Um, I had asked what are some other like tactical questions then when you're in your Bible study time that you're either asking of God in prayer or when you're studying the scripture? Um, I mean, any open question. I think when it comes down to it is if there is something that doesn't make sense, some sort of mystery, some sort of ambiguity, that is where essentially where they're getting at. If there is something that like you do not understand, something that like in the text you're like, where does that come from? Where is that? Go back, try to find it, look at commentaries, look at ask. Obviously the first question should always be Holy spirit, help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, to understand. And that's what went um, in Help My Unbelief by Barnabas, Barnabas Piper, um, How to Read the Bible with by Gordon Fee, even in the homiletical plot, which I mentioned in my the book episode, mm-hmm. that is the essential. That is the driving question. See, and in the homiletical, homiletical plot, he says that like we should look at these ambiguities, ask questions, and then if you can get to the point of the aha moment, the, oh, this is how it's fulfilled in Christ. You have the gospel message. Mm. This is what Jesus did for you. And it's not just a simplified Christ died on the cross to save you from your sins. It's so much deeper. And that's what good questions get. It is the multifaceted diamond that you can keep turning and turning and turning and seeing how the gospel is applicable to every part of our life. It's not just about our spiritual life. And so that is what good questions drive to, is seeing the ambiguity and realizing you may not have all the answers. The Bible may not answer all the questions of these mysteries. And then seeing how 
there's a lot of mystery. Like Paul says that the greatest mystery is revealed to us. That is the person of Christ. Mm -hmm. I forget where it is, but that, that was on the top of my mind. So I needed to say it. And so like that is Christ is the ultimate fulfillment of mystery within the Bible. He fills in a lot of gaps. Are there still mysteries within the Bible? Absolutely. And that is the part where our faith steps in and says, you know what? I do not have all the answers, but God does. And that is what it ultimately leads to is that we humans do not have the full picture. We will one day. And that is the, the now and not yet Mm -hmm. that we do get answers in the Bible. We do get a lot of beautiful pictures of what the future will look like. We're not there yet. We are still in the journey. Mm -hmm. And so we get to ask these, these questions of the Bible in our prayer life. Um, I haven't read any good books on prayer specifically. I have one by Richard Foster, which is supposed to be like the best prayer book. I have yet to read it. I'm reading that 600 page book and it's, Ooh, it's a textbook. So yeah, it's, um, asking those good questions that will lead to Christ. Awesome. So to wrap things up, just a real quickly, just me personally, how I've honestly seen this at work is I'm a journaler. So when I am journaling, I'll ask questions of, um, what do you want me to understand about this? What is this? Um, what does this tell me about God? Um, how how do I look different after reading scripture? Um, or even asking of like what like journaling? What does this mean? Where are you at? I don't ha- understand to then go back and really see all of that. It's just really cool. So, um, but I would really encourage you, and I'm sure John would too, to this week specifically take some time to slow down. <laughs> slow down a little bit and um, either journal or just sit and pray and be like, Lord, what does this mean? What is this season I'm at? Where do you want me to be? What does this look like? How can I look, how, how can I look most like you in this situation? Those open-ended questions. And then you guys stop talking, (laughs) be quiet and be still and sit before the Lord and just really hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit to see what he's actually wanting you to gain from that. Because reading the Bible is not just a one-way conversation. It's really a two-way conversation. So we want to make sure that we're slowing down ourselves enough to really be quiet and to be still before the Lord to figure out what he's actually wanting to tell us. Um, And then we are transformed in that process and our faith grows. Absolutely. That's another book that I have two more books that I'm going to mention that I'm not going to really talk about. So Scott Midnight, he writes a book of how to read the Bible. Fantastic book. Takes it from different uh, dynamic. It's called The Blue Parakeet. You'll find out why it's called The Blue Parakeet if you ever pick it up. It's so good. And then another one is Being Shaped by the Word. That's uh, Robert Mulholland. I don't have it in front of me because I lent it to someone who was interested in it and it's so good because he goes first thing he does is saying um there's like two or three like beautiful like things that i still remember from reading that book like from a year ago he says you need to read the book the bible formationally versus informationally so often we say like okay what is this what's in this for me what what can i learn what can i gasp and then you go away and you forget it 
when you read it formationally, you read it and you say, how is this going to like, how is this going to form me? How is this going to change me into a person that is more like the characteristic of God? And I think journaling is one of those practical tools that I've been meaning to use. I used to do it a long time ago, got away from it. And then I'm like, because when you like write down your observations, right? When you write down those applications that you find from those observations, and then you write down your own prayer of like, okay, God shaped me into a person that is more like Christ. It's phenomenal. You can go back and you can see where God's promises are fulfilled. And so then your faith is strengthened, but then also you, you're focused. You're not just like, you're not just trying to grasp something from the Bible. You're not just trying to learn something. You're not reading it like a textbook. Mm -hmm. You're actually, it's going to form you as a person that you're going to become more like um, Christ because that the Bible is the best way of teaching that to us. Um, and then the other one that in Robert Mulholland's book is that there are practices that shape us that are contrary and go in line to how God created you. So going back to like God created unique people and some of these are like some people find silence really easy. Some people find solitude really easily. Some people find reading scripture really easy. And some people find community really easy. On the other hand, some people find all of those things absolutely difficult, right? An introvert is not going to want to be in community because they like to be alone. So they find solitude. They find solitude really easy where an extrovert will find community easy, but solitude difficult. And so it's always finding those things that are going in line with our personality that God desires us to be like be, but then also those things that are contrary that will have a greater effect on us, effect on us. And so, yeah, it's like the both and. Oh, you guys, as you can tell, John could probably talk about this for hours and hours and hours and hours. I love spiritual formation. This is, this just lights them up so much. So before we head on out, we got rapid fire, rapid fire. What is your go to ice cream flavor? Where am I going? Nope ice cream flavor that's you're going to the grocery store oh um like moose tracks or something like that okay okay i would say the same and love we love some moose tracks here okay quick trips um uh yeah whatever their version of it is it's everyone has a different like name for moose tracks yeah anyway okay um ice cream topping urge tracks isn't it i think it is urge tracks (laughs) yeah okay what is your favorite ice cream topping Ice cream topping. You're like at Culver's and you can only Heath. get one topping. Yep. I'm Heath too. Toffee. Yep. Yes. So about it. Okay. And then you are going to get ice cream. Where are you going? Um, I love Culver's <clears throat> because <clears throat> it's so creamy. It's so custard, delicious. but that's fine. I know. It's custard, but it's so much better than ice cream. Mm. Um, and then we also have our one in Kakana here that's called Dick's mm-hmm. Drive-In. It's phenomenal. Oh my gosh. I am a Dairy Queen blizzard through and through. I have my BOGO for my birthday that I got to use today or tomorrow. So, Oh, and Cold Stone. Cold, Cold Stone, Stone we like had that as balance. another birthday coupon. So make sure you mm-hmm. sign up for all of the birthday rewards for all the places because the month of your birthday, you can be popping with some really yummy treats. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will see you in the next one. See ya. Bye.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Couples Becoming Intentional. As always, if you have a question that you would like us to answer here on the podcast, you can go ahead and send us an email at jcvhouse at gmail.com, or you can send me a DM over on Instagram at Carrie Vaco. We'd love to be able to answer and feature you on here on the podcast. And as always, if there is somebody in your life who would benefit from this episode, feel free to go ahead and send them the link. And if you love this content, we'd love to be able to hear from you. So go ahead and leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. Until next time, we love you and we appreciate you. See you guys. Bye.